And I didn't have a lot of experience in my life with watching other single parents. And so it really was. And then and then on top of that, I had just adopted my son and then I moved to Nashville where I didn't know a soul. And I started working 16 hours a day on, you know, trying to put this, get this show off the ground. And it was a very traumatic time. Hey guys, I'm Miles. And I'm Ruthie. And welcome to the Unspoken Podcast, where we believe that saying the unsaid may be the hardest, but one of the most important things we can ever do. Yes. Our authentic self is the best gift that we have to offer this world, but sadly, we live in this culture that tells us that we should hide it. So we would love for you to join us and listen along, and we hope that you might find connection and healing in the courage that no important words go unspoken. Make up, fake love, make them all laugh. Come on, someone, take off your mask. It's nice to me. Today on the podcast, we welcome Connie Britton. She is a four-time Emmy-nominated actress who's received numerous accolades for her standout roles in Spin City, 24, The West Wing, Friday Night Lights, Nashville, American Horror Story, and 911, just to name a few. She will soon be starring in Bravo Media's new series, Dirty John, and she has numerous film credits. Britton is a goodwill ambassador for the United Nations who works in poverty eradication and women's empowerment, advocating to the American and global public. I am so excited to get to share my sister, my friend, my dear, dear Connie with you guys today. I love that the world gets to know her for her crazy, amazing talent and acting, but we know her to be just one of the most wholehearted, loving, kindest, one of my biggest cheerleaders and friends. And so it's such a gift to get to sit down with her and share a bit of her insight with all of us today. I couldn't be more excited and I couldn't agree more. I mean, she is a boss in in her profession, but also as an advocate. And I honestly, I learned a lot as a parent and I'm just excited for you to hear the, the layers and the goodness that pours out of Connie Britton today. Have you done a lot of podcasts? I've done a few, not a ton. Do you like podcasts in general, listening to them? I mean, <laughs> I love you. No? Girlfriend, I love you. <laughs> I'd like to say that I'm a little old school in that way. I haven't really discovered it. You, I mean, it's not that I haven't discovered it. I have money. What is Venmo? But I have. <laughs> I don't know what Venmo is, but I do have but money. But I do have money. That's sort mm. of, yeah. That's like. I, I yeah, I. I love the concept of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> totally okay. You're the, perfect. Said, I'll never listen to this, but I hope you guys do well. I know. Uh, I do wish you the absolute best. <laughs> <laughs> You're perfect. Uh, it's, never it's, forget. Uh, how do you consume your information? Do you read a lot? Um, or do you even have I time? I talk to people. Talk? Same. <laughs> that is like the original Same. old school. I, yeah. I mean, I would like to say I read a lot. I used to read a lot. Like you don't have time. And now I'm too busy. Yeah. When would you have time? And now the news is too depressing. Totally. And, you know, there's Twitter, but that's gross. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. It's true. But that actually is, you know, every once in a blue moon, I'll go on Twitter to put something on there and then I'll get sucked Sucked in in for 10 minutes. And it's like, oh my God, the world's coming to an end. Mm. Right. 
Um, yeah. That's the way that I know most of the things in the news. Anything that I feel like is really worthy of me knowing is going to go on our text thread of the resistance. Right. That's exactly. how I find out a lot of the things. I'm like, Soph knows. Jed knows. Y'all just tell I me. I have very, very well-informed friends. Yes, we Y'all do. Y'all just make sure that I know <laughs> if the apocalypse is upon us, I trust we that the dear people know. in my life. That's right. Let me show you all this. I, I had will a, save me. That's true. Or at least fill me in. Yeah. This is hilarious. I had mm-hmm. a, uh, we were talking about just being informed this morning. I had a meeting with a friend of mine and like she sent me this afterwards. You'll have to take it to read it because the cup is kind of small. It says, my desire to be well-informed is currently at odds with my desire to remain sane. That's so good. Amen. Mm-hmm. That's so perfect. So freaking true. All right, Ruru, let's get rocking. Y'all talked about this a little bit before, didn't you? A little bit, but not really. We were just... Oh, look, Roberto's here. <laughs> here. We just saw someone in our peripheral vision just walking by the window. That's part Who's of the that show. that strange man? Why, Roberto? Creep, Hi, Roberto. Creepy little part of the show. He's fine. He's just a prop. Here we go. Um, thank you so much for doing this. We're so... This is like such a treat for me because obviously, you know, I'm madly obsessed with you and any opportunity to be in your presence is a gift. Well, also just the fact that you're in LA, that b- oh. both of you are in LA is like, ooh. Ooh, I can't oh. believe it. Well, thank so you for context and so perfect. Fine. I know you're crazy busy. So thank you for making time for us. And I love you so I much. You. you, my sister bun. Um, we had a fun week last week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we sat by the pool. Yes, we did. And drank spicy margaritas. Well, mine weren't spicy. That's true. That's true. Just me and Alex had spicy margaritas. I don't do spicy. That's, that's right. What am I thinking? <laughs> and all the guacamole. And all the guacamole. It was nothing for I had serious FOMO else. going on. But I, actually, I was more celebrating watching online your stories and Alex's <laughs> stories. You two are hilarious. All I, now, in that vein of the social, y'all, I, 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 y'all make speechless. me mad. I, I, I literally, I do enjoy the occasional Instagram. Right. I really do. Mm. I, I see the value in that. But <laughs> if I'm on vacation, get out of my face. Get out of my face with your camera. Do not record every single thing. And then put it out for all the world to see. I did not post one thing last week. Not one thing. Not even on my personal private one. We're the worst. That's actually a really good frame. I've never heard, I enjoy the occasional Instagram, like uh, the occasional glass of wine. Yeah. (laughs) But that we probably should treat it that way in terms of having a better relationship. Everything in moderation. Mm -hmm. Everything in moderation. And I'm a glutton, so it's not my spiritual gift. But you know what? I also understand that that is, in a way, that's your that's your job. That's yeah. what you do, and I get that. But not but me, girlfriend. No, not you, girlfriend. That this is, is where this is format. where we do kind of come from different generations. Right. Kind of come from different yeah. generations. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I do feel that social media is the end of civilization as we know it. <laughs> I think it is disastrous to mm. human psychology yeah. and emotional Well-being. relationship. Yeah. Mm. But I I will say that you on social media, you on Instagram, are at least the you are the bright light and the positive mm-hmm. of that. I mean, mm-hmm. if there is a positive to this, yeah. even though my experience was you posting stuff instead of just looking at the sky, <laughs> but like not both. all the time. Not you, no, exactly, not all the time. But I will say, you know. You are a positive in that very, what I see as a cesspool yeah. of 
negativity yeah. and untruth. Right. You mm. know, and so for that, I am grateful to you. Mm. And um, I can slightly forgive you for your <laughs> preoccupation <laughs> with posting mm. On our vacation. vacation. I didn't know it was a vacation. I kind of I didn't know oh, if that was yeah. a work trip or no, what it was. No, we were just Oh, it was on vacation. Playing. We were vacationing. Vacationing. A little vacay. It was Yub yeah. Spring Break. Yubby Spring Break. Oh, so nice. fun. And a well, well deserved, much needed. Ugh, and he came home with a puppy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we came home with a puppy. Oh, my God. Well, I know. I'm excited about the puppy, even though we have no business having no, another puppy. Uh, you have no business, but he's but but, she's perfect. Well, you know. I don't know why it seemed like that was absolutely what was going to happen. <laughs> yes, you knew. I did. I knew. And, you know, this was my third time at that hotel. It's my dear friend's hotel. She has, it's in Mexico, and she's sort of made a tradition, or not even a tradition, it's just they are very integrated with the community in the town that they're in in Mexico. And there are so many stray dogs and dogs that are not cared for, yeah. and they they have a different value system around caring for their animals there. And so she's really helped a lot of the dogs there. And mm -hmm. we love going there because Yobi falls in love with the dog every time every we go. Time. He is such a he, little he, he He learns the dog. He wants the dog. He just hangs around with the dogs the whole time. How did so you know was, that this was the one he was supposed to well, be? Well, so then they were having their year anniversary and they were like, and it's going to be great food and flowers and all these, you know, this beautiful festive Mexican party. And there's going to be a puppy adoption. And as soon as I heard that, I was just like, like dear God. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Well, of course, there's going to be a puppy adoption. <laughs> and of course, I'll go home. But then one. it was actual puppies. I thought it was going to be <laughs> street dogs or whatever. And it was actual yes. little baby, baby puppies. Oh. First thing we did, the first thing I did the morning that the puppy came into the United States was take her to the vet because she'd had some vaccines, but I wanted to make sure she was checked out, make sure she's everything's okay. Right. If not, got to get her squared away. First thing, 8.15 in the morning, took her to the vet. Find out she's super healthy. She's fantastic. She had the vaccine she needed. She's really an amazing dog. But she has Giardia, which is a very common, yeah. you know, parasite, Most, particularly yeah. in street dogs, mm -hmm. you know? And so we had to put her on some antibiotics, whatever. And the, the vet was like, you know, just be careful. I said, well, is that something that's contagious? She said, well, you know, be careful because, you know, for the first few days, it could be a little contagious. You don't want to get it. I'm, I know that because you don't right. want to get Jardia. So, of course. She's like, I have it. That's the day that we get back from Mexico. Human, can humans get it? And I get back and Alex is like, I feel terrible today. Well, she had already felt terrible in Mexico. <laughs> but then we're back and she's like, Oh, I feel awful. And I was like, well, the puppy has Jardia. And she's like, I have Jardia. I got Jardia from the puppy. I'm like, you didn't get Jardia from the puppy. Then then she, I make her an appointment with my doctor in, where we were in Nashville. We were in Nashville. And she goes to my doctor. And my doctor was like, she, she, I'm sure she leads with, I think I got Jardia from this puppy. So the doctor puts her on like heavy, heavy antibiotic. He didn't test her? This sounds like a great vacation. I know. <laughs> it actually was, it was amazing. We had an amazing time. We had time. the best freaking time. Well, speaking of vacation, you said in the beginning, it's so part of what we're hoping to do, this one we want to get to know kind of who you are a little bit beyond what you do. And 
uh, what I make up, and I could be wrong, but you say even in saying I want my vacation private. Yeah. In other words, I don't. Would you consider yourself a private person? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Very private person, yeah. actually. That's a, and it's funny because you know we talk about generational stuff, and I remember growing up, and even you know I I've dreamed about being an actress for a long time, and and even at a time when I was a little girl, and that didn't seem like any kind of reality at all, but it was something that I loved, but I admired you know, actors, um, that were out there, but if they, even when I was growing up, actors lives were so much more private right. and, you know, forget, we didn't have social media, but even, um, talk shows, it was a big deal. If sort of an actor that you admired or somebody that you love, like went on a talk show, yeah. you know, because I felt like I feel like people really kept private lives and that was something that, and I, I thought it, 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 it lended a mystique to people. Mm. And beyond that, I just grew up in a, you know, in a kind of a normal family and, you know, people in the South and people keep to themselves and you have your friends, but I've also never been interested in gossip. I've never mm -hmm. been a gossip. I've never, that's not who I am or what yeah. my interest is. So I feel like all that just contributes to my really loving my own privacy. Mm -hmm. Also because I, I value, I think personal privacy is something that's very valuable, even within your own life and your own family and your mm -hmm. own community and people who you do share your life with. I think private moments mm -hmm. um, and taking space for yourself as an individual privately is really valuable. It's mm -hmm. valuable as a mother. It's valuable as a as a worker. You know, I think it just helps. For, at least in my experience, I mean, I've been a meditator for years. I feel that mm -hmm. it really helps to allow you to know who you are and then be able to give outwardly in a very selective personal way like so in other words it gives me power over yeah. how I put myself out into the world mm. because I can take my own privacy and then I can make choices about yeah. how I want to put myself out there you know and and who I want to be to the people I'm close to mm. and who I want to be to people publicly well I know I'm fortunate enough to know who you are to people that are close to you and you are like Yes, like you said, you're an actress and you're an artist and you're an intellect. But like when I think of you, I think of a friend. Like you are such an amazing friend to me and to our world. And you have just been like such a gift to me in the mm. past few years. It's Thanks, been honey. like, I mean, truly though, I have, it's been such a gift to have the privilege in the last few years of letting you letting me see you and letting you see me and to get to walk alongside and get to know each other on like such a deeper level. Like it's been such a privilege. And I know, and I honestly, right now, like I want to like apologize to you because no, I'm being really serious. Like I, because I can just so easily be caught up in my own, like in any ways when I have brought you into my own little, you know, social media thing, when that wasn't something that would feel good to you. Like, I don't think I've been as intentional with that and as, as much of a safe place in that as I, like, I feel it's heavy right now and like sad oh, that no, I, no, I'm, and, and, no, I'm being serious though. Like it, I, your friendship is so sacred to me and I want to protect that in like the most intentional way that I could possibly, cause you, 
you are a treasure. You and Yubs are like treasures to me. Mm-hmm. Like I love y'all so much. We feel the same way. You know that. I, and I, I do. You make, you make that known to me. And I, it just like blows my mind because you're such a gift. But I just, I want you to know, like I want to do a better job of that moving forward. And Aww. I just love you. And I, I want to protect that. You know. Well, thank you. And you know, the one thing you know about me is that I'll always tell you exactly yeah. how and I which feel is, I'm and obsessed exactly with. what I'm feeling. Yes, it's the best. So you know, I mean, a lot of that conversation, of course, you know, I I get that that's yeah that's your world and right. that's what you do. And I and I do actually respect it. And as I was saying before, like I particularly respect it because I feel like what you what you do on social media has such a value because I do think it can be such yeah. a negative environment. Yeah. And what you bring is such a positivity and that's what you put in the world. Um, so I, please don't feel bad. because But you know, know what I'm saying. I, just, I do. And, I and, just you know, respect and, and now that. we've talked about it. Yeah. And no, I've talked so about good. it on your podcast. <laughs> it's so good because it's, I mean, that's real. I know. You know? Mm. I know. Um, there's one thing I would love to talk to you about. We had such an interesting conversation yesterday with this amazing guy called, um, his name's William Matthews. And he's a singer here uh, in LA and he's African-American. We talked a lot about race and we talked a lot about what it feels like to be a black man in America especially in the climate that we're in and I would love to hear some of your thoughts like you know we're Caucasian privileged white people but you have this whole different worldview now because you adopted the most precious incredible human from Ethiopia and you it's I know it had to have shifted like what has all happened in the last two years in particular, or like how this affects you differently now. What, what has that felt like for you, like since adopting Yobes? Well, I mean, it's felt amazing, but it's, as you ask me that question, I get a little like, oh, uh oh, because for me, adopting Yobi has been just about becoming a mother and yeah. what that means and yep. figuring out what that is, which is a whole journey yes. in and of itself. Yeah. And, Anyone who's a parent knows exactly what I'm talking yep. about. Mm-hmm. And that has been the journey. And it has actually had very little to do with the fact that he's adopted or that he's adopted from Ethiopia yep. and that he's of African descent. And in fact, you know, in the journey of that, I have become truly colorblind to mm-hmm. him to the point where I'm a little embarrassed to say it, like he'll go out, particularly when we were back in Nashville, like he'll go out in his little soccer team or his little sports teams or whatever. And, you know, at times he's the only, you know, little boy of color on the team and it's a bunch Mm -hmm. of white kids. And I'm like, gosh, all those little toe-headed kids, they all look the same. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Because it's like, to me, I'm sort it's so funny. Like I just... I've, he's my, he's my son. So that's what my son looks like. Totally. I can't imagine if I had a white son. Right. But the point is, it's because I don't even think about it. Like, Mm. and, and I feel like we don't, he's never really commented on it either. Like, well, he'll talk about skin color or whatever. And he's, but not in relation to him being different. Right. Mm. It's literally just like, oh, my skin is brown. Mm-hmm. But it just isn't not a an thing. issue for us right. at all. But I am not naive about that. It's more mm. just that that's been the reality of le- learning to be a mother and mothering him. But at the same time, I, I, you know, the goal for me has been more about trying to 
really make sure that he's aware that he's from Ethiopia. We've gone back and visited in Africa. We haven't been back to Ethiopia yet, but um, he has a lot of pride about that. Yes. And to really make him, you know, make him aware that that's where he's from and that's really, really cool. I, because I've been working so much in the last few years in Nashville and then coming back to LA, I, I haven't done as great a job as I'd like to. And I, this, one of my big goals is to create more of a, an environment for him where we're around more Ethiopian people specifically, just cause I really, he's recently said to me, um, he's recently become aware of, he's like, mom, Ethiopian people speak a different language. Like I used to know Ethiopian and he said to me a couple of times, he's like, you took my voice away. Mm. And he doesn't see, cause I mean, to me that's like, Oh my God. He says it like passingly. Yeah. It's cause you heard him anger. say it. Right. Yeah. Mm. And it's not with anger. No. It's like, it's, it's almost, he's literally trying to spot, find words yeah. for what he's imagining is that he used to be able to speak Ethiopian, which is actually Amharic, which I've explained, you know, I'm like, yeah. it's actually Amharic. But, um, you know, he's imagining that he used to be able to speak this other language and in his mind, I took that away from him, which doesn't seem to be, have a negative connotation right. to him, but, what is um, it, what so verbal. It, what does yeah. it feel like to you? I think you were about to say that. He said, I feel, you know. Yeah. Um, when he says that, yeah. well, it makes me feel a little bit like, oh God. Yeah. Like, what is that? You know, he's thinking that I took something from him. And, mm. you know, of course, the one thing I will say is as an adoptive parent, I'm, I'm always kind of, you know, he's such a well-adjusted kid, but I'm always kind of looking for, oh, this is because he's adopted. Mm. Like any issue that comes up, it's it's because he's adopted. This is an issue because mm. he's, you know. And, you know, all kids have issues and I don't really know what's because he is adopted and what's just because he's a kid, you know. But... I love that you slice right through the differences that are on the surface and you swelled with pride when you said he's my son. Yeah. I mean, he's the best, he's the you know, best. and what's it meant to you in midst all the change that you've been through professionally and then even moving to just become a mom. Yeah. For him to have a mom. No, what's it like for you to become a mom? Oh, to be a mom. Well, it's been life changing mm. and it's been the most challenging thing I've ever done, mm. you know, but it's also, I feel like it's the greatest reward that I have and that I have this human being who challenges me every day and who it's funny. And especially, I mean, I, you know, I guess I'm relatively an older mom. And so I had gotten to a place in my life where a lot of things had really set in for me and this career that I love so much and this work that I love so much that I'd really, I feel like I've been really fortunate and created a really beautiful life around that. And so then when this kid comes along that's that to me. And, you know, I've been thus far, I've been really doing it alone. I've been doing it as a single mm. mom. So I've, and I, that was not my intention as I had always thought, you know, and, and I, my goal is still to really parent with a partner, mm. you know, but that just hasn't been the case for me thus far. And I, wasn't going to let that hold me back either because mm. I always knew this was something I wanted to do. Yeah. So, but there there are additional challenges to single parenting oh, yeah. for sure. So many additional. And I didn't come, I came from, you know, I had two parents and mm. my mother was very hands-on and both my parents were very hands-on with my dad, but, you know, we had a very kind of traditional family background. And so 
Um, and I didn't have a lot of experience in my life with watching other single parents. And so it really was. And then, and then on top of that, I had just adopted my son and then I moved to Nashville where I didn't know a soul. And I started mm. working 16 hours a day on, you know, trying to put this, get this show off the ground. And it was a very traumatic time. Mm. Yeah. And, um, say more about that traumatic in what way? Well, because I went from living life in a way that felt very familiar. Uh. Um, in terms of work that I was doing and I'd, you know, been on Friday Night Lights for five years and working Mm. in Austin, which I loved, working with people who I loved, having a house in LA, kind of going back and forth Mm. and then came back to LA, started working on American Story, American Horror Story, like just the work stuff was felt really great and challenging and exciting and rewarding and my home life was great and, and then suddenly the adoption came through and I adopted Yobi while I was doing American Horror Story, which was definitely challenging, but they made it work. But then this Nashville opportunity came along. And I, in my mind, hadn't been a mother long enough to understand that to put myself in a position where I have no support system whatsoever, mm. especially as a single parent, I have no support system. I did not know anybody in Nashville. And I had also never worked on a show that was as arduous and challenging and difficult as Nashville was, particularly Mm -hmm. in its first season. That show was incredibly demanding. There were a lot of things that were on, that there was no infrastructure in Nashville at that time. So they were figuring out how to produce a show. It was an incredibly ambitious show. We were producing shows, we were recording songs. I had to, I was learning how to sing basically at the time or relearning how to sing. So that was also, so anyway, and it was really, it was 16 hours a day Mm. and, and I was trying to be a mom Mm. and I didn't know how to do that. There's Mm. no instruction manual for being a parent. And I didn't have anybody to ask. I didn't know, have, have anybody to lean on. It was very, I mean, even as I talk about it now, it, it was, it was the hardest moment of my life mm. for sure. And I feel like we're still kind of p- pulling out of that, you mm. know? I mean, thankfully, yeah, of course, things adjusted and I made amazing friends and created an amazing support mm. system in Nashville. And getting back to what you say about friendship, I mean, as a single parent, you know, my friends and my community are my lifeline. Yeah. I mean, y'all are all helping me raise this child. It's uh, anything new parent land. I, I get emotional just because I'm a new dad. Yeah. And it does. It just blows up so many perceptions that mm-hmm. I thought I had or my reality. I'm learning so much, but I didn't realize I learned so much about myself. Yeah. Sometimes I want to know things. Sometimes I don't. Mm. It's just pushing me into new parts of my character and exposing and amazing and loving. And But I... I what what got me there um, was I have seen that in action, uh, the way you embrace allowing other people to help raise this boy. And yeah. that's the way it used to be done. 
back in the old days, right. a community raised a child. It takes a village. It was one of the first times I was with you, we were in this magical place. You were there until you ride. You remember that we saw sunset coming over the mountain and we had a long walk up to the car. I don't know if you remember this and Yobi was tired and those little legs couldn't walk and he just literally jumped in my arms and I kind of looked over at you as like, are you okay with this? Because we don't know. And you just were like, absolutely. Yeah. And I carried him for probably- I can't do it. 500 <laughs> yards. But I thought he felt comfortable with it because you felt comfortable yeah, with right. it. And it's something I hope I can do for my son, which is the people that I love and trust. And sometimes even the people that are just new, that I want him to have different experiences and to realize the pressure is not all on me, mm-hmm. that I can make mistakes and not be perfect and that we can do this collectively as a community. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, I, I just think there's such great value in it. And, and, and I think, you know, parents are so important, but we can only be as strong as who we nurture within ourselves, mm. you know, and, you know, there's a lot of discomfort in being a parent because there's so much unknown, but what I can do as a parent is try to take from what I've learned in the course of my life up until being a parent that I know will help nurture me. So I know that being as dedicated as I can to my work in as much as it makes me better Mm. and makes me more um, full, I know that that is going to help be a better mother. And And also the people that I surround myself with, I know that that's going to make me a better mother because all of those things help to help to nurture me so that then I can in turn nurture him. Oh, I hope single moms are listening. I know, you know, my dream, I, after becoming a single mom and I became very good friends in Nashville with, um, uh, my friend Bridget who, uh, actually lost, she had four, has four kids and lost her husband to brain cancer and was left as a single mom. And she had kids ranging when we first met from the age of, 12 to 24 or something. So she had these four kids in all different stages. And that's a huge struggle. And and there was one day where her son, her youngest, was in middle school and he went to, you know, kids, like he forgot his lunch money. And she was at work and I was off of work that day. And she's like, would you be able to swing by his school and drop off $5 at the office, at the front office? And I'm like, yeah, of course. I so that. I like swung by and like dropped off his lunch money. But in that moment, I thought to myself, I, lo- I would love to create an organization that is dedicated toward, my thought was single moms. And then I actually told Gloria Steinem about this idea. And she said, you should include dads too. And I was mm. like, oh, okay. Well, if Gloria Steinem says Single so, parents. Um, you know, and then, yeah, but it creates something that became a volunteer service where, mm. and what I liked about the single mom's ideas is that it's really about empowering all women. So, um, young, you know, teenage girls, mm. but if we're including dads, boys too, could volunteer as well as maybe uh, women who's, who are empty nesters or whatever, or anybody who really wanted to could volunteer and ba- basically one day a week become sort of an assistant or a nanny to single moms. But in doing that, it's, it's kind of creating a community of women and men, if we include them, um, to lift each other up and to know, because I think that there has been a stigma about single, I think there still is a stigma about yes. single parents. Um, I mean, I say I think because I'm oblivious, but um, (laughs) 
But I'm like, I think there is, maybe. <laughs> what is it? What is the stigma? Um, I don't know. I think that maybe people... Well, I guess I've known a couple of people who kind of will sometimes look at me and be like, that boy needs a father. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you can't, I can't believe you're raising that. You know, not, nobody's ever said it to me, but I, I've felt those vibes mm. a little bit. And my dream little um, organization, I, you know, the idea would be that everybody would be sort of trained to, to serve, but to serve each other as women, um, and as mothers and to appreciate how difficult as opposed to judging actually appreciate and to support how difficult it is to be a single parent ladies that have been a friend with me for over a decade and she's worked with me for that long her daughter came into my life when she was this this tall and um i don't know she would have been like seven or eight years old and didn't her they were divorced and dad was uh now i know dad he's in the picture but at that time i kind of stepped in and i didn't realize she was looking to me as a father figure uh until she started inviting me to school functions that were for parents and I got to go to those. And that's one of the most, it was quiet. Nobody knew I did it, but I did it her whole life. Now she's in college and she still, milestone moments in her life, she still reaches out to me. And now she can write and talk to me as an adult and tell me how meaningful it was that I showed up at times in her life. Yeah. Not in replace of her parents. It's just that we need a community sometimes. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. the part, I think it's important, but that's the part I hope people do see yeah. about you. Yeah. And that's what we is because I think sometimes people with public professions and platforms that have done amazing things with their artistry um, get viewed the way the media tells a story, which is you have this perfect life mm -hmm. and it dehumanizes you in some way. Yeah. And then people yeah. compare to it and want it. And I want people to hear that, yes, it's a struggle. It is tough and it's real. And because I do think a lot of people look up to you. And that's what I'm hoping people take away from here is to see the humanness in you yeah. And the passion that you have for supporting people and causes and using your voice for good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I well, thank you. I appreciate that. And and I do, you know, I do think it's important to acknowledge. Um, I mean, go, again, going back to my bashing of social media. You know, I oh, mean, yeah. the whole thing. It, it's so much about the presenting this right. this perfect picture of yourself. Mm. And I, again, I, I applaud you because I feel that you actually reach the that. point of not doing that. And that's where, and I think people really appreciate and respond to that so much. But I think that maybe if, if there are people who appreciate me, they, it's because maybe they can tell that I'm just a, just a fellow human. <laughs> I think people would even respect your boundaries. Yeah. Because yeah. it's not just people in public professions that need boundaries. We all need boundaries. Yeah. And I love that you started the conversation by talking about it. Yeah. What else is it that we don't we don't know about you? Um, you mean other than I'm a really good hula hooper? <laughs> That's important. I'm a very good hula hooper. I crush it. I crush hula hooping. Mm -hmm. What do you um, what what uh, outside of your work? What brings you deep joy? And maybe what would be something that you cry over? What brings me deep joy? Going to Mexico with my friends and sitting and being in the, being at the ocean. Mm. Yes. I mean, really, that is my happy place. Mm. Being being on a beach or by the water and 
Um, being in nature, I love, but um, not too hard. <laughs> yes, ma'am. That's my girl. We're like, we're not trying to break a sweat here. We're just I'm wanting not, to enjoy. Yeah, I don't walk. need to get stung by Let's, all the. We're not the, trying to sleep the in the ground on the ground. No, and, no. Mm-mm. Which I did just have to do, and that was. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that was a journey going back to my, (laughs) that was a moment, that was a single parent moment where (laughs) they had a, my son's school does an amazing thing because camping is really a big part of their curriculum. You know, they think it's a very important, and I, and I love it because it's, it is a lot of the things that we're talking about today in terms of community and everybody working together Mm. to create a system and live in an environment and all that. But they have this camping trip. That's and we've been talking about this camping trip. I know. <laughs> We're not going to dwell on it, but I do. Just, so, try, try it this way. As a as a as a single mother on this camping trip, I was like, "This is where I really wish I just had a man to go to on this camping trip." <laughs> I'm not. I put my, I threw my back out on that camping hey, trip. Girl, no. no, mommy. It was just. I'm proud of you for doing that because that's all I needed was a tent. <laughs> They don't allow tents on a camping trip. No tents. That's what camping well, is. No, no. We you were all. You did not tell me that. Oh, I, I didn't tell you that. That's the main <gasps> part. I missed that. Maybe you did. No, it was two margarine reasons. No, 155 <gasps> people all sleeping out no. on tarps. No, no one was allowed mm-hmm. to bring in. There was no shelter of any kind. <laughs> That's my freaking nightmare. Except for like four public bathrooms like a quarter of a mile away like Mm-mm. public park bathrooms you know what i mean like no flush in it's like just that's where we changed that's where we went to the bathroom that's where if you needed and <laughs> as we said as we discussed earlier like that was where i, I really kind of because i really do have a great deal of understanding and admiration for this camping trip i think yes. it's an important thing i do i get it i get it but i was like when we were actually on it i thought you know, I also <laughs> do, as I was saying earlier, really feel there's a value in private and having a m- space and yes. having private space. Yes. And it was 155 people Jesus. in a small like camping area. Mm-mm. There was no private space at all. And mm. I and I and I really had as I was trying to sleep and couldn't sleep in the middle of the night under the stars. Beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> Oh, all those dippers. It was gorgeous. <laughs> all those dippers. But I was really thinking to myself, I was having these right philosophical now. thoughts about you have to also appreciate the individual. Otherwise, I don't know that the, that the group serves fully if you mm. don't also create value for the individual within the framework of the group and the community. Mm. That was what I was thinking. That'll preach. Yeah. <laughs> really desperate for just... A, a little, second. a little moment, a little yeah. private space. Yeah. I'm so proud of you because that is my mm-hmm. literal right nightmare. <laughs> no. <laughs> let, me, let me say it this way and see if this. So, what would what would be your truth? Like I say, this is Connie Britton's truth. This is who this is about. This is who I am. Beyond what you do. Well, I would say my truth is the truth. My truth is really the journey of knowing your own individual truth the best that you can and mm. living by that. That's mm. called integrity. Yes. It's called authenticity. And, and it, you know, in, in my spiritual life, it's called God. You know, mm. I, I really feel that for me, my life has been about, has been a little bit of a journey to 
just go deeper into whatever that truth is mm. and and not in a narcissistic way i'm talking about in a way that feels you know it's about your own voice and it's about your own um nature mm. and and then being very true to that and telling the truth mm. the, you know telling, telling truth telling is very important to me that's why i'm very uncomfortable in the world right now because i yes. feel like our val we've lost the value of the truth right. <sighs> seemingly everywhere here mm. and you know i just think we don't have anything if we don't have integrity mm. and and i think that we can serve each other so much better if we are coming from a place of our own truth as soon as you start to mire in um falsehood you cannot serve is my belief mm. because that gets in the way of really seeing and it gets in the way of really doing mm. because you, you because anything false i think blocks you from real action yeah. mm. well um, said i told this to Soph too but i would say the two people in my life like who have helped give me in and it's not just it's just by getting to walk alongside of you it's never been like you telling me to do anything but i feel like you and Soph more than any other humans in my life have helped me find a voice to speak out mm. against injustice and to speak with integrity and what that means to like speak out for the people that don't have a voice. Like yeah. I never, ever had done that before ever. Oh, and that I is like, that. you helped me find my voice and to find, cause it's the truth that lived within me. But I think out of, I don't know, maybe fear or where I grew up, like that wasn't right. Know, and I, well, Southern girls, you know, yeah, we speak when mm. spoken to. That's right. To. And I was very much a pleaser and I didn't want to offend anyone. Mm -hmm. And now I feel so differently than mm. that. But so much of that has been because y'all helped me just by watching you, not because of any instruction manual. You, you know, you just, I got to experience firsthand how beautifully and with so much integrity and truth y'all spoke. And it, it made me more brave. Well, that's, I love that, honey. I love you so much. That's such a great honor coming from you because I feel like you have used your, you are using your voice in such an important and effective way. And so to feel like I had even a tiny, the tiniest tiny. little, You've had a huge little part. impact on that is just, oh, I'm, I'm so honored because. Well, why is that important to you? Which thing? That people use their voice in that way. Well, you know, I, I'm glad you said that actually because that's sort of the, that's the continuation of what I was saying in terms of authenticity, integrity, and, you know, uh, particularly in women's issues and people ask me about that sometimes and and what the, what the most important thing is or piece of advice. And I always say know your own voice and be brave enough to, to use it because mm. I do feel, especially as women, um, and you know, you talk, you mentioned it a little bit, but we both grew up in the South as girls in the South. And, you know, it was certainly about just being nice and saying the right thing and making sure everybody was comfortable and not rocking the boat and all those things. And, and so as I've grown and gotten older, I've, you know, through with with teachers and um you know the amazing people who've come into my life i've really learned that 
if I do that, I will never truly know myself. Mm. And what really clinched this for me was actually without this learning and without starting to try to really know my own true voice and value that Mm. and knowing that there's actually value in my voice Mm. as opposed to just everybody else's voice is more valuable and I just need to kind of keep mine mom or not even bother to know it. I think a lot of women and a lot of girls, particularly in the South, don't even think that they should bother to know what they think Mm. or know Mm. what their voice is or what their truth is. And I think the what what made me trust that this was something that is essential for me and my personal experience, because for me, everything's always about experience. I don't believe anything if you just tell it to me. I'm going to believe it if I experience it. Mm. And I love that. So, yeah, I'm not just going to, I'm not going to go with blind faith. Mm. So, um, but my career, I, I became a different actor as soon as I started realizing that my voice meant something <sighs> and that, that my voice so had important. value. Wow. I, I've always acted. I've always loved storytelling. Chills. You know, I was like, dee, 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 <laughs> little actor, you know. But it was only when I started really trying to know my own voice and, and realize that, oh, and as a struggling actor, you, you're in competition with countless other mm. people who seem just like you. Mm. So it's all about trying to set yourself apart or, you know, in your mind, you actually think, oh no, I just actually have to be exactly who they want me to be. But that's not really what it is. When I, when I learned that if I know my own voice and my, and what I have to offer and I let that fall into whatever character I'm playing, it differentiates it. It does. And so that's when I started to learn, oh, there's actually value to this Mm -hmm. and Wow. You know, that's huge. I mean, we laughed so wow. freaking hard last week because I pulled up my time hop. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it was the funniest thing, which by the way, I hadn't looked at in, I don't even maybe a month. So it said nine years ago or seven years ago. I it was wrote, nine years ago. Nine years ago while I was living in my bed, I wrote, I want to be just like Tammy Taylor when I grow up, <laughs> which is... <laughs> But also that she found it that day while on we're, the day, and we're just like sitting together sitting in there, Mexico. Yeah, like sharing drinks, like sitting on a veranda, laughing, sharing our hearts. And I just happened to open it, and I was like, I almost spit my drink. I'm like, but I, here's what I want to say to that: like, you have chosen characters, like that character taught me so much, mm. and I remember watching the way that. And you were such a mess because what I know now as your dear, you're my sister, my friend is like, you do give me the most incredible advice. You said so much of you was in that character. And I watched how you would make the kids and I did youth work, you know, and I was like super interested in knowing how to like make people feel safe and feel heard and feel cared for, but like strong love and hard truths and all these things like oh my god and i would i would almost say when you said that character i learned so much from that character i'd say you probably learned so much from this human exactly because we just found out this you know that's what's cool is it to hear that you're integrated the human Mm. that is transmitting the character is real and that was my whole hope is that yeah that's beautiful well yeah i mean first of all you just made my hope my whole life, I love you so much. <laughs> I love you so um, much. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I think that's 
that's been the joy for me is it and as it's such a gift to be an actor and to be able to play the some of the roles that I play and now as I go forward it's like how many different ways and how many different characters can I play that feel really different from all the other ones but I can still integrate like these fundamentals yes. into those mm. you know and and um you do that so well that's but that's yeah that's the fun challenge you that's do a, that that's so fun well part. we've just got a few minutes left I t- we have a couple more questions okay. I'm just hand you that cute little picture there what who what is this photo tell us about it well that was at Sundance that's me and Yobes walking down the street at Sundance and maybe Jed took that picture um that might have been the first year that I went to Sundance with Yobi and so that became our little our little tradition because Sundance always happens over Yobi's birthday and so um, he's now, and I had movies at Sundance pretty much every year on his birthday. So we would always just make it his snowy birthday. <laughs> and um, How old is he there? He's, I mean, I guess it maybe two or three. I guess he must be three there. And how old is he now? Seven. And at seven, let's just say, did you go by Connie when you were a little girl? Yeah. So what what would be a message that you would have for your seven-year-old knowing what you know now? When I think back on being seven, I do feel, I, I actually feel a certain lightness to that, which I, which I'm, I feel very grateful about. Um, but I guess I would just say, keep uh, trying to shine, you know? Um, I mean, I was a twin, I'm a twin. So I was always sharing my life and, uh, there was, you know, there was always, so I've always been negotiating balance Mm. with, you know, other humans. Mm. I mean, as we do in families. Um, but yeah, I, I, I feel really fortunate. I, I feel like even when I was seven and I can't remember very well and I was probably wrong about it, I'm probably wrong about it, but in my, at least in my memory, it, I, I feel that I um, had a had a kind of love of life. How would you prep that seven year old for the life that she's going to experience? Is there anything you'd say to her to be like, "Hey, here's what to expect"? I wouldn't, because I, I mean, I'm, I'm sure I, I know you're probably thinking that you, I'm, I could give some kind of wisdom or whatever, but I actually think there's value in not. Um, setting it up too much, you know, again, I think it would just, it's more about, and and I think with Yobi too, my goal with Yobi is to help him discover truly who he is as opposed to try to, you know, shape him. I mean, yeah, I'm not trying to shape him into who he he is. Mm. I want him to, I'm trying to give him the space and give him the nurturing and the support so that he can discover who he is. Um, and my parents probably didn't have that. They didn't have that kind of way of thinking about it. Um, but I do feel like I was really nurtured by them, Mm. um, in their, in their own way. I'd say there's some wisdom in that. Yeah. (laughs) This is, I mean, I know, I know how much you're going and how busy like this. Thank you for taking the time. Your time is so valuable and we know that. And so the fact that you would do this 
for us means just the freaking world to me. Oh, and honey, I will treat. love you until the day I die. Me and too. you are my gift, for my treasure. Forever. I love you. My favorite. I'll never forget you. Oh. <laughs> I used to say that to my parents every time I left their presence and my brothers every time. It's so, it's the mark of like my I love you. You're love. my favorite. I'll never forget Never you. forget you. <laughs> we have to start saying that every yes. time we leave each other. Yes. Ru- Ruthie is, is your one of your biggest champions, as you know, but as her friend to get to know you through her, all I hear is she is special, special, mm-hmm. special. Mm-hmm. She's one of the most special and amazing humans I've ever, I'm being honest. I'm not yeah. fluffing. She says this to me as frequently as I listen. And, <laughs> and so I would say, I feel like I know the specialness of who you are, just being able to sit with you for an hour. Oh, Thanks thank for sharing you. your gifts I know. I'm us. so glad we got to do this too. And you know, I mean, there's literally no human that's as special as this person. I mean, you are, I, I can't, I can't even, they broke the mold. There's no, there's no other person in the world that I know that's like you. You're amazing. I'd say they broke the mold with every both day. <laughs> love you. I love you more. Uh, right. Thank you, bud. All right. Thank you, You're guys. The best, we the did best. Make up fake love, make them all laugh. Someone, someone, take off your mask. It's nice to me. Thank you guys so much for being here with us today. We know that your time is valuable, so it just means the world to us that you would spend your time and energy with us. The music from our podcast is from one of my favorite bands, Oliver Riot, and the song is called Alcatraz, and it is from their EP Hallucinate, and I just cannot speak highly enough about these boys. They have a new record coming out soon, and you should check them out. They're amazing. Definitely go get their music wherever you can get it. They are amazing, and you're going to love them as much as we do. If you want to learn more about the Unspoken Podcast, please go to theunspokenpodcast.com for show notes and information about the guests. And please follow us on Instagram at the Unspoken Podcast. We'd also love for you to subscribe to the podcast and help us spread the news and share this because we cannot wait to show you what's up next. And we will be with you all again soon.